Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Jonathan Weens, who is the CEO of Warwick Carbon Solutions, a portfolio company of Warwick Capital, which manages $2.5 billion on behalf of global investors. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Well, we both know a mutual friend, Tommy, who told me what a great leader you are, and I'm really grateful that you're willing to share your experiences. I don't know whether you would say some of your successes were due to way back when, when you were in the U.S. Army. I happen to know that your supervisor, one of the quotes he said about you is that you are a clear standout within the organization of 700 high-performing soldiers. And he said you were easily one of the top 5%, but you also have succeeded in different roles, not just as an engineer, you've been a COO at various companies, and now you're the CEO here. So what would you say are one or two of the reasons why you have succeeded so well as a leader? Well, I, th I think it first and foremost comes down to hard work and, and digging in and being somebody who's focused and knowing what you want to do. And it's also about being in a, a good company and being with uh, really solid people. You know, you mentioned Tommy earlier. Tommy's one of those people who empowers others and is interested not only in his growth, but in others' growth. And I've been fortunate to be surrounded with people like that. And that's what's enabled me to you know make it as far as I have. So having good people to mentor you, but it sounds like also just good people that you can talk through leadership issues with? Well, one of my my early bosses was actually at Hill Corp. He, he told me it's when you get in a leadership position, it's it's your job to surround yourself with good people. And then you, secondly, you got to surround yourself with people that you trust. So, you know, whether whether, whether you have any control over that is one thing. But if, if you do, you, you try to choose people that you can you can rely on. And then, you know, my strategy is always to try to draw out that people have different things they have strengths in and focus areas as well, you know, whether they're financial or an attorney or whatever. And you try to draw out their perspective and then coalesce it and, and get people to contribute and feel like the decisions that are being made or the strategy of the organization is something that they're collectively contributing to. And I think that's how you can effectively manage and build a team that, that wants to be there and feels like they have a piece of the pie. And are there any tools that you use to build a team like that? Well, I think it comes down to what kind of company that you're managing at the time. Like you mentioned, I was at Hill Corp and then went to work for War Capital, managing some of their portfolio companies in the energy space. And so my experience running a small oil and gas company, the team that you build there is far different than the team that you build for an entrepreneurial energy transition company. So when I was at Whitney Oil and Gas, I mean, our, one of our key things was development and identifying good projects. And so it was imperative that I had the best geologists and reservoir engineers and had a successful back office that could support all the things that we did. So that's very different from branching out like I did last summer when we kicked off four carbon solutions and started to look at energy centers transition projects. And then you've got a, a commercial focus and a develop, development focus and you know a lot of legal dollars being spent, a lot of financial modeling, far different than de developing and drilling oil and gas wells. Yeah. Well, I know what's been said about you is that you're a natural leader. And, and I still wonder, do you, when you're hiring people, do you have any hiring tools that you use or are you just naturally good at selecting the right people for the right role? I mean, I, I feel like number one is somebody trustworthy. And when you're screening them, it, it's deep. I just get a gut feeling as to whether they're going to be a, a fit for the spot or not and whether they're going to be additive. You kind of have to really have a good sense of this trajectory that you're on and and who exactly you need at that time. 
and then be very clear about what their role is going to be and then solve for that kind of person. You know, my, my CFO that I hired here, Mark Crosby, he was meeting me to do a uh, BD event for, for Barclays where he was going to try to get us to be a client of his and it didn't take me very long before I knew I wanted to hire him. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, you just get a sense about people, whether they're A players and and they a good work ethic and whether they're, if you know your business very well, whether they're going to fit and mesh into the spot exactly that you need. Well, you know, sometimes leaders have blind spots that are positive. And it sounds like one of the ones that you have is that you make sure that you're clear about what the role requires. You're clear about where you're going. And it sounds like you then know how to hire accordingly and communicate that clearly. Would you say that's true? I think it's true. It's also true that I just listen to others. You know, at the fund, if there are, when we're hiring someone, I'm also very open to, you got to be intellectually honest. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, I think it's a really bad idea. Well, why do you think it's a bad idea? Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And and if you got to pivot and, and, and move uh, or take someone's recommendation, then that's fine. The main thing is it's not about your ego. It's about what is going to make the organization successful and what's you know ultimately going to make the organization make money. So that's far more important than whether what your idea worked or not, drawing out the good ideas or recommendations for others, whether it's for hiring people or it's, or it's for any decision that's being made. Drawing out the best of people. It seems like everything points back to that with you. Yes. So then, of course, I have to ask, did you ever struggle as a leader? Yes. When I was thinking of this in our discussion here, it, it brought me back to one of my first jobs as a manager when I was a young second lieutenant in the army. And there were four or five analysts, a couple of intelligence collectors. So I was an intelligence officer and we were, we were in Iraq and it was the first time I'd managed anyone. And I remember going around, it was almost like I was learning on the fly, you know? I mean, you got, I'd been best training you possibly have. I went to West Point, so they had wonderful classes and, you know, they mentored you with uh, enlisted leaders and then you engage with them on how to. They prefer that you lead them, but still, in the, at the end of the day, you have to put your foot forward and go do it yourself, right? And so when I started doing it myself, at one point, I, you know, I tried yelling. I didn't get a, I didn't get a very good response. So I tried uh, scolding and tried to be their friend. And it's kind of funny because you, you learn through this is, is repetitive because we were in Iraq doing this together for 15 months. And mm. you eventually kind of revert back to contemplating some of the things you've been taught. And one of the definitions that concepts that we were taught at West Point, that it's like you were forced to memorize this entire book of different quotes. And the one that always stuck with me was, uh, it's called Schofield, General Schofield. He was a union general, but we were forced to memorize this quote from him. And it's the definition of discipline. And it the, just to paraphrase, it's the discipline which makes the soldiers of a free army reliable in battle is not to be gained by harsh or tyrannical treatment. On the contrary, such treatment is far more likely to destroy than to make an army. So that those, and it goes on and there's about four or five other sentences, but always stuck with me. And when I had made those mistakes early, I I thought about that and then learned that, you know, it's not about you, it's, it's about your people. And we've talked about drawing the best things out of them, but it's, it's about being a leader that you can gain their support because you provide clear guidance. You, what you ask of them, you're willing to do. And so, you know, when I was over there, I, I went on, if I asked a guy to go on a mission, I, w- I would make sure that I've already gone on that mission before, or I'm, I'm going to go with them if it's the first time we're going to do that kind of mission. So it, it's that kind of approach, I think, that I was a blind spot for me as I was learning as a young person and then have, you know, applied that to my experiences since. Was there a specific moment where you discovered you had that blind spot? I think when I probably tried my third strategy and it didn't work, right? 
maybe that was being their friend. Yes. <laughs> then it was you just got to do your job and lead and be the best you can be. And and you know you will get criticism, and no matter what you do, you'll get criticism from people. There'll be naysayers. There'll be times that things are not working or or it's not going exactly how you planned. And it's kind of a roller coaster in in your career. It's just these ups and downs, you know. And you got to manage the peaks and the troughs. But you got to just you got to see a straight line in between all of it and go after the goal that you're trying to achieve. And that's, I think, how a leader has to think through these things. You're talking about entrepreneurs being, you know, exhausted and COVID is particularly taxing on all of us. And, you know, I'm a very much a, can identify with that in many ways. There were times that were super hard the last couple of years as you're trying to put these things together. But, you know, you kind of just got to time step away, take a break, and then come back and find a way to reassert yourself, find a new energy in something. Maybe if, if someone has frustrated you in some way or something like that, you, you got to regroup and let it go if, if you want to accomplish whatever the goal is that you're trying to achieve. Well, so, you know, you mentioned the word how to think about it, and that's uh, kind of sometimes a challenge for leaders when they're exhausted or burned out. But it sounds to me like one of your, you discovered your blind spot after you thought about, hey, it didn't work to scream. It didn't work to be their friend. What am I missing? And then you thought about all the leadership training you'd received. And and is that how you pivoted is, is through taking the time to think about that? Yes. And over the years of, you also learn from people and you learn from good ones and you learn from bad ones. So I think whenever you're under anyone, whether they're gifted leader or they're a terrible leader, it's just a great learning lesson. Right. And I've, I've had professionally out of, you know, just my career out of the army. I've worked for people that quite frankly, I just never wanted to manage people like that. And it was, it was like, wow, I, I realized what it feels like when that person talks to me that way or with the way they handle a team and it just seems so dysfunctional or yeah. whatever it might be. And be also just always very thoughtful and watching the people above me or below me and trying to learn from that and adjust the way I, I approach things as well. Yeah. Because you never have all the you never have all the answers. You know, I mean, you're never there's there's no CEO or executive or chairman of a board who's who's absolutely perfect. And if we followed everything you said or she said, that you know we're all going to be billionaires. It's, it's not, <laughs> that's just not the way it works. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So you seem to reflect on things. You seem to know how to, as you said, during COVID and tough times, you just let it go. You take a step back. Anything else that you can share with new leaders or entrepreneurs around any tools that you use? Clearly, you, I would say you don't interview people once there's a job opening. You interview them as they start to try to get your business. And they, that's how you get to know them, like the CFO. Yeah, cool. But yeah. yeah, any specific practical tools you can share with them? For, for finding people and interviewing or for? Yeah, for either interviewing people or how you have people work together for the achievement of a goal, maybe the meetings you conduct. Yeah, we, we. I try not to overmanage via meetings, but yet it's super important that you have them because you have to level set with folks and make sure that everyone understands or is communicating their piece of the pie to, so that others can contribute if, if they have a or share in that. So I'm pretty religious about us having meetings with the whole team and going over the things we have we have at hand to do. So that that is a big piece of it. And I'm also I think pretty meticulous at that uh, coordinating. We use a tremendous amount of third parties as well for contractual work, for development, for law firms, investment banks, um, that sort of thing. And so pretty methodical is having the operations background and making sure that those things happen on time and that we're, we're getting all these things done so we can close a deal or get to the finish line on whatever it may be. 
And Jonathan, how do you track all that? Do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have a project management software? I do the spreadsheet normally with the tasks and times when I complete them and, and then check them off. Just, I remember you, you learn from people, right? And I remember there's this yeah. fantastic executive officer I worked for, Colonel Juno. And I sat there and watched him you know, put boxes and he would write the task next to it and you'd check it off. And I was like, man, that's really efficient. And he took our entire unit of 1300 people to with all the support to, uh, loaded tanks and all that stuff. And we had no hiccups. And I was like, man, that, that seems to work. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. So mm. that's what I do. I have a list and I check through it. Mm. And is that a list that your team gets to see? And and you guys look at that during the weekly meetings or? Yeah, most of it. Yeah. And then you have one-on-ones as well, or is it mostly team meetings? Lots of one-on-ones and team meetings. So just kind of tailored to the, the need at the time. Yeah. And currently, are you guys all in the office or have you, how did you manage during the crisis? How did you manage your team remotely? I, I it was kind of dependent upon the job. Mm-hmm. If you could work remotely and, or you had a health issue, then in your, you felt you're at risk, then I would allow some remote work or we would buy air purifiers for people's office or, and then we had things we put on people's door and they could select whether they were comfortable with people coming in their office, whether it was a green amber or red designation on their door. So we just came up with creative ways to make people feel comfortable. And and then I, I worked in the office every day during COVID and have since. So we're all in the office here. That might lighten up a little bit in the summer as some people have some travel, et cetera. But I'm big into being in the office. I think that's when you get the most out of people. Well, you're obviously uh, continue to succeed. And I know if people want to know more about, you know, Warwick Capital, they can go to warwickcap.com. I'll put that in the description, but I certainly appreciate your willingness to contribute to other leaders and to share how you became effective as a leader. And I think a lot of leaders will appreciate knowing that sometimes you become a good leader by knowing what does not work faster than by doing according to the books, so to speak. Absolutely. So thank you again for coming on the show and best wishes with your current endeavor. Thank you. I appreciate the time and for inviting me.